Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, friends, you got MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well. And what are we? One week away from the first part of your rolling lockout for 2022 getting underway. There is a lot to dissect on this episode to help me do it. I've got Rids back, fellow co-founder, and absolutely cannot wait to hear his take on the weekend that has been. Hello, mate. How are you? What a weekend to start 2022, MJ. The Maynard Cup, mate. It lived up to expectations. We could not have jinxed him any more this preseason if we tried. Uh, now he's suspended. Let's let's be honest, mate. We've given it a fair shot with Braden Proust and now getting suspended, haven't we? That's true too. So, you know, no songs from us yet. So we'll see how we go. But the, the jinx is well and truly in session. Also on this episode, I've got Kane. Hello, mate. How are you, buddy? Very well, MJ. Rids, great to be on with you. It was a big weekend. I think we always get excited, don't we? Well, we've got stats. I don't think yes. people know how to watch the footy without stats sometimes, um, mm-hmm. but it always gets us very excited and it, it does indicate that round one is very, very close. Yeah. Look, we're not going to go through game by game analysis. You can go and check out um, uh, some different members of the panel have dropped uh, reviews up at coachespanel.tv. So you can go back and read through some of the more game by games. What I've got is about 15 players or so that I want to know from both of you is what we saw on the weekend and really the trend over the past preseason months is what we're seeing real or are they a trap? I'll give you some names in a minute. Um, I want to talk about where we should be skimping and saving in 2022. It's an interesting and challenging year with cash cows and the right value and stepping stones, as opposed to some really big, impressive top line premiums. We've got to talk about the trade boost for Dream Team and Super Coaches. We're a week out from that. What to do at R2. We've been the champions of looking for value in 2022 through that line. Bruce is out suspended. We'll talk about not just him, but the ruck strategy and an appropriate way to look at that. And then, of course, our Patreons, who have just been absolutely beasts right throughout this preseason, have absolutely been there every step of the way. We love our Patreon supporter group. Uh, they have got a ton of questions that we want to actually get to. So we will get to that. But Look, Rids, straight out of the gate. I, I, I want to throw a name at you and we'll go one for one and get your boys' takes on, on these guys. And the players we're about to talk about, are they real or are they a trap? First out of the gate, he caught everybody's eye on Thursday night, Rids. Patrick Cripps. Rightio. So I'm going with trap. But wow, he looked good. It feels like a good trap if it's a trap. Yeah, but sometimes, and I've spoken, and I know we've all spoken about this before, when you play that good in a practice game, it just means opposition coaches notice as well. And that tends to lead to a little bit of attention. Um, and I don't know. I He looks great. He looks fit. He looks sensational. But do we trust his body? I'm just not sure if I, I trust his body, MJ. That's all. Yeah, no, and, and that's fair enough. So I'll say trap. But you... Okay. Real top 10 option midfielder across the board. Like, Is Cripps a top 10 Yeah. Uh, Supercoach, maybe. The others, 
No. So that's not a yes, though. Maybe. Okay. I mean, I could say to okay, here we go. anyone, so no. maybe. There you go. No. There you go. No, so, I don't think he's a top 10 guy in the midfield. Is he too much money for a, to be a stepping stone to a top tenner? I think in AFL fantasy, you could do that. But then it's about putting him up against four or five other names. And I've got them here in the list, a couple of them, where it is now about, well, who gets the hottest start? Because by round 10, it doesn't matter what they're doing. These are the guys you're moving on and off by round six, seven, and eight to get a bottomed out, hopefully, Miller, Mitchell, Steele, these kind of guys, I would assume. And I've got to just raise one more question here and I'll point out one more thing. If mm. anyone listening to this is keen on these guys, this is just an opinion, okay? Of this course. isn't fact. We're not trying to talk you out of starting them or starting them or whatever else. This is just an opinion, and we want to have a balanced opinion about it. So that's just my query why I think it's not real. But it's a hell of a stat line, isn't it, though? 30 touches, eight Ooh, tackles, it's a good four game. goals, four free kicks, four. 80% ball use. It's just one of those games, MJ, that you, you do go, wow. And you also look at it and go, how many times is he kicking four? How many times is he laying eight tackles? How many yeah, times is exactly. he having, you know, 30? And again, he can. You know, the thing I always come back to with Cripps of is course. there's really two sections of his career that are top 10 worthy. It's the back half of 2018, post by right. when at 118 DT. 127 super coach, and then he continued that on into 2019 as well. You know, the first eight the games first he's gone 115 yeah. and 127. The concern is after that, the tags come, the burden and the, of the and, season hits, and, yeah. and the body takes a toll. Now, the thing that impressed me about Carlton, and this is what does give me a leaning towards a trap for Crips, is those midfield numbers, there's help in there. Now, again, yep. you've got to take them with a grain of salt because, you know, these are numbers that aren't sustainable. But you look at across the midfield, Cripps 30, Chera 30, Matt Kennedy 37, George Hewitt 33. Like, are these guys, like, what do we think their disposal numbers are? Like, Cripps, of course, we think he can go 30. I've got Kennedy as more of a 25 guy. I've got yeah, Chera more as so. a 27 guy. I've got Hewitt more as a 25 guy. And then you've got a blind Sam game. Walsh to come into that well, side in round four to well. six. Yeah. I think the merit, though, MJ, and the appeal is that Cripps is a seven, eight week go in play in AFL fantasy. You're yeah. hoping for a minimum hundred, but I think you really what you want be. is you want you want that peak form I talked about in eighteen nineteen where it's one fifteen. Yep, you ride. And then you move. That, I think yep. that's why it's not a DT option for me. It's not a super coach option. But I get the appeal in AF. Mm -hmm. And now I'm sure we'll get to the complications of that line with the strength mm -hmm. of cows we've got and also the competition at Cripps' price. And then also, what are you going to do above? Do you need a captaincy option? Do you want a big dog? So I'd lean trap as well. Ultra impressive. Great to watch. Very but good. We're talking about probably minimum needing eight weeks. And I think a lot of people are hoping for maybe even a bit more with Cripps. Yeah, I think that's a fair shout. Let's stay in that game. And Kane, I'll get your take. And Riz, absolutely feel free to jump in if you either agree or disagree. George Hewitt, we've talked about him a lot. He was a part of the 50 most relevant right at the very start, actually, um, is, is when we highlighted him as a viable stepping stone 
if he gets that midfield role, the trend and the narrative through the preseason and through now these scratch and Amy series games, Kane is, he's got the midfield role. So is it real or is it trap? I've got it as real. I always love these kind of guys, MJ, because it, um, it really can get people contradicting themselves because he's a guy that you look at his career and he's got a career high average of 75. Yeah. And he's had good roles at Sydney. You know, he's had what people would consider good roles in terms yeah, of heavy CBAs. CB, CBAs yeah. is heavy. But, and we spoke about it years ago with Petrarca when he broke out. When you're finding that much of the ball, that's the thing that's really appealing to me. And also, the bar is very different, isn't it? When, when you're talking about a defender at this price, we're already in a bit of a spot of bother with our defenders. Mm-hmm. So for George Hewitt to do that, and the eye test, he smashed Ooh. the eye test for me. I, yeah, I thought something I hadn't seen him do before was he was so composed mm. with the ball. You know, maybe there was a directive at Sydney, you know, to move it on, give it to someone else. But yeah. he seemed to take that extra step, compose himself. And even his kicking um, was great. So you think about George Hewitt's career. He's played 120 AFL games. He's had 30-plus touches twice throughout there and mm. a career high of 34. So to roll out in your first game and get your hands on the ball 33 times, um, I do think the tackle count, you know, will improve. I don't see him being a guy that lays two tackles on average a week, flips that I don't see 33 touches. But if he's getting into the 80s, I think you've got to be really, really happy. Um, And to be honest, that's why I've got him as real. Yeah, fair enough. Rids, similar take for you? Uh, Just real, mate. Um, Yeah. And the thing is, we we may have to adjust through the season if he seems to level out a little bit and he doesn't hit the mark to be a season-long keeper in the limited form like the trade formats, mm-hmm. but like just manage your expectations. Don't go in expecting 100, go in yeah. expecting 90 and then be happy when he gets 95. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good shout. We've talked about it already with Cripps. Walsh is the unknown variance that still is going to come back into that side and what the cascading impacts of that are. But I love that can, thought too. Can I just um, say some, one thing though? The yeah. two guys we just discussed, I actually think they helped Chera. I do too. He's the one that pops out of this in my eyes. Yeah, I'm a, I'm I'm a hundred percent. So Chera's um gonna play that combined role. So mm-hmm. he could be inside, outside, whatever. He's that bit of class, and I know that Kane yeah. loves him. And he did some really special things. And the thing that I really, really liked was there was at times where I was thinking, you know, through the preseason that the tag might go to him, but someone like Cripps. He just impacts the game so when much. When he's playing like that, you can't well. let him he roam. He impacts yeah. the, like, the result of the game, doesn't he? So uh, I actually think that helps Chera. Now, the other thing I like about Hewitt with that aspect as well is Hewitt's going to be a little bit of the protector of the mm. Carlton midfield, you know? Protector of Cripps, protector <laughs> of Chera, protector of Walsh. Like, because he has that smell about him. He's, he's very yeah. similar to James Harms last year. Yeah, it's a good shout. So yeah. um, I just think both of these guys really, really help Adam Chera. If you liked Adam Chera, just you've got to stick with him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. What about Adam Trelaw, Rids? He's um, been a fascinating player. Historically, fantasy beast for us for a really long period of time. Injuries have been the issue. What did you see from the role and the scoring opportunity of Trelaw? I think it's real. 
but I think it's got questions around the real, right? So, and that's a little bit having, you know, a bit both ways, but I, I still have questions about the, like the hamstrings, the soft tissues and everything else, but I've got a different kind of worry this year. I don't want to, and I know a lot of people have highlighted the COVID factor and they don't want to actually um, pick too many people from the same team. But if you've got Dunkley, you've got Dunkley and Trelaw who are best mates on and off the field, who even do yeah. a podcast together. I do. If one gets COVID, I reckon the other one pretty much gets COVID. And that's two premiums out of your forward line for that week. So that's why I would be a little bit nervous. <laughs> So he doesn't almost... feel like he's going to burn, does it? Doesn't I don't feel no. burn, MJ. I think no. I think burn would be injury you know, early in a game. Yeah. No, I, I more meant he's going to burn me by not having him. So I'm more thinking. Right. For me, for him to hurt me, I need to see old. Can I say old? That's a bit. One ten plus. One, yeah. one ten plus. I, I think in the role he's got at the Bulldogs and the mouths they've got and the support they get. You know, you look through. You look through the names that were the top scorers of. The game on Friday night. McRae, Trelaw, Bont, English, Dunkley, Smith, Daniel, Dale. Like they've got so many good ball winners, so many good ball and users. no liver. Yeah. And there was no liver. So, you know, we know when Trelaw was a 110, he had really good tackling numbers. He plays a bit more on the outside. Clearly in that game, he had the two goals. Uh, I think he's certainly in contention for being in that top six of forwards. But I just think the lines, honestly, in my perspective, closer to 90 than 100. So if he's not going to really hurt me with a 110, and again, I've already got Dunkley. I probably would have to quit the coaches panel if I didn't have Dunkley. I think you might. The yeah. amount of Dunkley stock I've bought over the years. You are the sole owner and I might be buying them off you kind of thing. Yeah. But I, I, that's the only thing I worry about with Adam is that I don't see the big, big ceiling. I think he's going to be very, very good. But also but we not know what's happened. And I think also competition. There's a lot of other really great forwards to choose from this year. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think 90 is exactly a number that that terrifies you. No, not anymore. That that's for sure. Let's talk about Jared Berry then, Kane. What's your take on him? Because again, this is where probably format to format is almost very different. Where in Supercoach, he's 50 odd K more than a Jason Horn Francis at the top peak cash cow, whereas in AFL fantasy, I understand how and why they do their pricing. I don't agree with it. And that's yeah, okay. yeah, honestly, but, MJ, but let's be honest with pricing. Who cares what it is? We all play the same game. If, correct. If, if Jared Berry's a dollar, we all pick him. If he's a million dollars, we don't pick him. So we've all correct. got the same thing to choose from. But yes. for this question, you're right. It does, it does matter because in AFL fantasy, He's not you someone you there. really consider. No, you don't. But you said in Supercoach, you know, at that price, he's more relevant. I think my takeaway for, for Barry is, and maybe he's hard to fit into this real or trap because of mm. the price differences. Um, it was a solid game for mine. I yep. didn't see anything I didn't already know about Jared Berry. Maybe people's expectations of Jared have been diminished after what happened in recent years just with, Injury and, and we don't need to go over the numbers of players and how much they decrease when they're battling injury or have had big interruptions. Mm-hmm. I think 
my concern for Jared being, you know, a really, really strong scorer, you know, I'd say 95 plus is inside mid, you know, I know he moves pretty well on the outside, but it's very hard to make a living in Alpha Fantasy as a wingman. You know, Gaff's probably your only real pure one. We know Lockie Hunter's had seasons out there, but it's very hard to be a big winger. And my point is, yeah. you've got Neil. You know Rayner and Bailey, they want to give CBAs two. They've got Lions and Zorko's coming back. And yeah. McCluggage is already dominating that side. So for me, I see Barry as that, Six seventh sort of guy that they roll through there. Um, he's not an elite user. I wouldn't say that's nope. his strength as a player. Um, very, very competent. He's going to be busy when he's out there, but he's just someone that I don't see massive upside in. I think in Supercoach at the price, it's, it's awfully tempting. Mm. Uh, but I just don't see, again, this explosion to be a 100 player. And the challenge is, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit later too, is we've got guys like a, a Ward, Horn Francis, Dacos in Supercoach. Oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Once you start Dylan talking Stevens, you talk, start talking structurally, structurally, you can't, might not be able to yeah, get in. You yeah. might be squeezed just because, again, you can't have all these guys. Again, if you no. just put them in three buckets and say, you know, your Uber premiums, your underpriced premiums, and your rookies, yeah. you've only got eight spots on field. So yeah. they go quick. They go real quick. Yeah, no, it's a really good shout. Um, talk to me, Reads, about James Sicily and his game. And again, is it like Berry, where it's a bit format to format dependent, or is it, you able to make a real or trap comment across the lines? Before that, I want to go back to Berry and say, yeah, please. I want to go. Berry is a stepping stone. Is real. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking In about five to six two. weeks. No, nah, I'm talking to buy. He's got the round 14 buy, which means you can then upgrade to anyone that's already had the buy when he has the buy. So I actually think he's priced well. He's very reasonable. He may very well match a similar output to guys that are slightly higher, more in favour of people, and he could be a really good value point. So I think it's real as a stepping stone. James Sicily... I am going trap. Oh, that'll but catch a few people. He's popular, so I'm keen on he's this. He's very popular, but he's also potentially going to start for me. Now, he's a trap when you look at it from a season perspective and whether mm. he's going to be a top 10 defender. The only format that I see that possibly even remotely a possibility is Supercoach. Agree. Dream team. He's 400,000, though, as Kane not so nicely put the other just before. We got a few challenges in our defensive lines at this point mm-hmm. in time. So it's sort of nice to have a 400,000 defender with that sort of job security and that yeah. sort of potential ceiling if the role fits. Um, so he could actually answer like those challenges and make life easier for us. So, so I, as a Keep season-long keeper, absolute trap, okay? Mm-hmm. But as our Band-Aid safe pick... The to, guy that gets you through your structure, To get yeah. you through some challenges or until Nick Dacos becomes a DPP defender, yeah, he might be absolutely perfect. Yeah, no, I really like that. And I love the pickup of what you've shared about. It. It's always dangerous to try to forecast or project 
for a DPP, but I think we look at someone like a Dacos, even a Horn Francis, you could arguably put in a very similar boat, albeit at the opposite end, and go entering into round six, they're there for us. Um, now, whether it's pre-round six or after round six, depending on if Supercoach and Dream Team model it off AF or, or not, we almost could pencil those boys in tentatively to go, right, at round six, round seven, now I've got some additional flexibility. And so this Sicily guy that you're mentioning, all right, he's actually my avenue to get an underpriced premium. He's my way to get a Zach Barrett. He's my way to get a Tom Mitchell after he's come off injury. He's my way to get a Christian Petrarca if he gets tagged early in the year or whatever it is. So I, I like that thought process. Um, Kane, talk me, mm-hmm. to me about Hugo Ralph Smith. It's very interesting, MJ, the Tigers. Yeah. And that's the thing I think that's quite fascinating is in a way you, you wish they didn't play a team like Hawthorne that we expect to be, you know, in the bottom four of the ladder because, sure. you know, after being a poor fantasy side recently, the Tigers had massive fantasy numbers on the weekend. Yeah. You know, over 1,700 in D to over 1,800 Supercoach, even closer to 1,900. 419 disposals, 114 marks. Wow. Like, that's a game style that they played on the weekend that is super, super conducive mm-hmm. to players that have the role, like Ralph Smith. And if we expand yep. it out to, you know, a premium in Jaden Short and also yep. a guy like Daniel Rioli that flashed in that role yeah, late did. last year. I think at the price point, you know, he's going up against, you know, first round Cows. draftees, isn't he? He's going up against the real pointy end. Draftees. Yeah, the top end cows. Yep. You know, I test. He passes that. I think what he brings to the field, he has some real strengths. He's got some real things. Got that some I think wheels. Richmond, yeah, yep. he's got some. He's got some assets that I think, you know, Richmond clearly recruit for. That's the that's the thing that Richmond do really well is they don't mm. recruit guys if they don't see them playing quickly or at least giving that opportunity to the guys to if you're good enough play. Um, but the game style is probably what makes me quite interested. Clearly, at MJ at this price, let's just maybe cut to the point. Sure. If he's named round one, you're going to have to very, very, very strongly consider him. It's Especially with that Thursday night game too, where we can lock that option away and not have to wait till yeah. the end of the week. Yeah, well, exactly. So I think that's point one. I think expectation, what's he going to do? What's the bar? You know, I think... At these guys' price end, what are you hoping for? 55, 60? Yep. Now, yep. now the, there's a few there's a few caveats. They've lost Dylan Grimes. Yep. Clearly not a like for like. Nope. Nick Vloston's gonna come back into the team. Correct. So how many how many runners, I guess, can you say out of that back half? Short Rioli, Ralph Smith. That that seems quite balanced. We know that yeah. Bolt Bolt is now a forward, so we're talking about Robbie Tarrant. Baker, Josh, maybe. It, yeah, Baker's. He's the utility, isn't he? Any yeah, line, he's any problem, he'll, he'll, yeah. he'll fix it for you. Um, and then you've got Broad, Tarrant, Bloston back, Gibkiss. Like, that sort of seems like there's seven. Most teams, you know, roll with mm-hmm. seven across yep. there. So I think Ralph Smith's done everything he can. Um, I think at that point, you've got, to, you've got to start him. And I think if the game plan shifts in any favour, you've got to take note for Ralph Smith. Yeah. You've probably got to take note for a guy like Jaden Short, I mean, he's another guy that I really like his game. I know there's the stats 
without Hawley that are in his mm-hmm. favour now. But he just seems to me like a guy that when you've got those wheels, when you've got that long raking kick, any shift in game plan that's <sighs> possessive or even a bit news. slower paced at times. Yeah. You know, Richmond's got the fast pace, but even a bit more controlled. Yeah. I think there's upside there. So Ralph Smith's, you know, if name ran one, I don't see how you can go elsewhere. We love those guys that have had a, a year or so in the system. That's a huge advantage on these draftees, especially with, you know, the COVID environment they've had to battle through. So mm. I think Ralph Smith's real. And I also think this Richmond game style is something you've really, really got to look at and see if yeah. there's, a shift if so there's some sort of movement that could result in more points for all their players. Yeah. It wouldn't shock me if he'd be turned into a sub in the first month or two either. Um, so I'll counter that though. MJ. Yeah. I'm going to mention a name, Kane yes. Lambert, who's out for a very long time. He's, yeah, he's out for a couple of months. Um, I actually think Hugo's job security has gone through the roof without Kane Lambert in that team because he yeah, does good provide shout. that outside run. So you yeah, got I think it's more like that back, that back. It's that back seven that I like for him, because I look at that back seven, and as I said, you've got a few runners there in short, Rioli, Ralph Smith. You've got a couple keys. Let's just say Gibkiss, Tarrant, and Broad and Blossom can play that tall or small. And I think the wing, the guy I'd be more worried about, MJ, would be a Jack Ross. Like, he can play wing. We know McIntosh can play wing. We know Edwards can play anywhere. We know Baker can play anywhere. So that's where, for me, I actually feel pretty good with Ralph Smith being that seventh back that rolls through and and obviously has that flexibility to go forward. Yeah, it's a good shout. Um, Talk to me then, Kane. Um, You know, that's a really nice take on Hugo. Rids, let's go to you now. Riley O'Brien. We'll get to some ruck conversation later on. But if people are looking for some value, is he returning back to the 2020 we saw of Riley O'Brien scoring, which was pushing the limits of being a top two ruck? I'm going to go real, but only because of the reports coming out. And there's a guy called Burgess that went to Adelaide this year who will only help. Um, a guy like O'Brien. Do I want to own him? Never. He's nah. He's not my cup of tea. I don't want to watch someone who plays like that. I, I couldn't think of any worse experience than having to. Choose. He's definitely not in the Josh Kelly of attractive um, football but to watch. He's a trier. He's a goer. Um, you could back yourself in. And I think with Burgess there, mate, he's ready to hit the ground rolling. We're not going to see any slow lulls as he goes into the season. And every report that I've seen is that O'Brien's going well. Now, there is a name, though, um, Strawn, that keeps coming up. I just keep hearing Strawn, Strawn, Strawn. Again, I might have mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, but I would have thought Phil Thorpe would have been the guy that might impact. Yep. But Strawn as the number one rack, I just can't see him overtaking O'Brien. But for some reason, there's a lot of narrative and discussion out there that he he's in the mix. Yeah, I, I don't see it. Um, I think you're right. I think if any concern someone's going to have about O'Brien, it's that the Phil Thorpe percentage of of uh, midfield moments and centre bounce opportunities increases. Uh, but what we could see too is a gradual 
move over time to what Richmond have done previously and Melbourne have done a little more where um, a, a ruck drifts back a little bit more um, and holds as an additional tall inside the back half of the ground. So, yeah, I, I'm not worried about Strawn at all. Um, and I, can, I was just going to add one more thing. That's please. a definite trap for Supercoach, okay? This is yeah, only for and AS. Yeah, no, with, with that midfield around him and the hit-outs to advantage that he needs, and he's not a tap ruckman anyway, um, at where he's at his strength. I, I agree, that's the format. You're more than happy to avoid. Um, Kane, talk to me about Zach Butters. Is he real or is he a trap? I think this one's real, MJ. I think there's just some players that you have to be patient on. You see the talent. You know, I think you see... We we see the way he tacks the ball sometimes to his own his own detriment, but I think there's a few stars aligning here. I think Port know there's a real need for a point of of difference in that midfield. We know how good Folk is, we know how good Wines is, but you can't just go too deep anymore and be you know against Melbourne against the Bulldogs. These guys are batting five six deep, you know, especially with Melbourne having you know the ruck edge as well that maybe the Bulldogs don't have. So a guy like Butters, he's got that physicality, but he's got the creativeness that people actually want to give him the ball. And that's what I find so appealing about him is that I can actually see, you know, a build in his score that makes him a guy that can go 90, 95. Yes. Now I know, now I know I said for Trelaw, that's, you know, where I can sort of see him, you know, obviously at this price, when you're priced, in the mid seventies and the low eighties across the formats, I think there's that upside. You know, we know there's an injury impacted score in there and some issues that, that he had with his body last year, but into his fourth season, um, I've seen it enough at times. There wasn't really much in the preseason I wanted to see other than just him um, moving well. It wasn't really a numbers thing for me, but I, but I love that he can fill up everything. You know, I love that he did get 30 plus just to tip that, real ball winning thing yeah yeah ball winning number over but you know he's a willing tackler he's quick he finds good space he can kick goals i just think he's got all the tools and to be honest if i'm going to bet on someone i want to bet on that that rising asset i want to bet on that guy that i just think he's going to make it yeah it might not be this year but sure i've seen enough to think it is and when i'm getting him mid 70s low 80s like i said and i think Mm -hmm. there's 90 potential in dt this year and 100 potential in Supercoach is just so okay. impactful. I think the team is still really good. I don't, yep. I don't see Port falling away. I know goals might be an issue, but I think they've got enough in those big, tall to targets. To get the ball there, yeah. Yeah, and also, you know, more so not to take him away. That's more what I worry about. I think when you've got Dixon, I know he's been injured in Fantasia too. Georgiades looks like a star. Cool. Marshall does a job. Finlayson's a really savvy recruit. That that gets me comfortable that it's not going to yeah. be a. We, we got to get eyes. We got to get Zach Ford, and I nearly had yeah. a Freudian slip there and say Isaac <laughs> Heaney because that's the next thing I think that's quite important. Yeah, I don't we'll see that with Zach. I, I think Zach is, you know, a large share mid. Yes, there can be some resting Ford, and he's very dangerous there. Yes, but again, when you've got those talls. You've got Robbie Gray. You've got Motlop around. We know Fantasia is going to be back. We mm-hmm. think Rosie's going to be down there more. Like mm-hmm. I think you will get enough time in the midfield in a good team to push 90 plus 
And I think if you're doing that, you have to be considered. And if you're going to be considered, why not get on when you're paying mid-70s? Yeah, I think it's a really nice shout. Rids, we kind of Kane's already alluded to him there. Maybe it's time to jump and talk about Isaac Heaney in the same breath because in some formats, they're actually priced the same, let alone very comparable. Um, Heaney, real or trap? Okay, so this is going to surprise a few because I think um, I raised the fact that Papley injury could absolutely affect him and he will play the role that he plays. Yep. But I think he's real, mate, because yeah. I've got a – that means that if he plays forward, we know what to expect for him. We Low know 90s. what his ceiling is, okay? Yeah. But he doesn't have to get a little bit – he doesn't have to get a huge increase in midfield minutes to ramp that right up to be a top six forward is my view. So I actually think um, whilst that role change has happened, you know, from pure mid to more forward, um, this weekend's role was, I think it was fake because of nobody. Nobody, no Laddams, no Papley. Yeah, yeah, but don't, but don't worry about Papley for now because we know that you know the Swans may it maybe they'll use Golden in that small forward role. I mm-hmm. don't know. Um, I know Romp was named, but he didn't get much of a game on the weekend, so I don't think they're going to go down that path. So I still think that's going to be a split. But he doesn't have to have many midfield minutes to get a bump to that ninety and make him a ninety-five hundred guy. No, so and he's done it real. before. Yeah, I think and, it's a fair shout. And I think it's super coach is very real. Oh yes. No, I think I think so too. Can you do both? Butters and Heaney? Boys? Uh, I think I think well. I, I think you <laughs> could, but again, there is you are exposing yourself to two guys that have had more than the average number of knocks in yeah. their career. And and I I do agree in that sense that the the risk and reward with Heaney's you know, you're getting him at this price that we haven't had him at since his second year. Mm. So that's the that's the thing there. We know there was so many injuries last year. And he's a guy sort of like Butters MJ where you just go, he's going to do something in fantasy. He's too good of a player to have a career high average of 92 and 97 across the floor. Yeah. Like he is too good of a player to do that. So if he's even sniffing a mid-roll in some capacity – which I think he will. Yes. I think there's a season coming. And if you're going to get on at this price and you think that he goes just 90 again, like that's pretty good outcome. Even that's that's fine, isn't it? I think that's enough. So, yeah, again, is there going to be a week when you, you know, you finalize your team and you've got to deal with covering Heaney and Butters? Yeah, that's probably a possibility. Yep. But again, at this point of the season, do you maybe just think that they've had good pre-seasons, they're fit, they're healthy. You know, how many times can you not pick a guy because he's had some injuries in the past? If they're fit and healthy, that's all you can ask for at this time, especially when you're getting what I think is is value. If they were top yeah. dollar, different I'd story. Get it. Yeah. But when there's value baked in, I, I do find it hard to pass on these type of guys. Yeah, fair enough too. All right, we'll fly through these last seven or so because I want to get some strategy stuff out of you, lads, before we let you go. Um, let's talk, Reeds, about Darcy Parrish. There was a 12-week stretch last year where he was the best premium going in the game. 
Is he a real or is he trap in 2022? I think he could be a top three midfielder in the competition, but that's how much I rate him and how much his ceiling is worth. Yep. But I also think he's the number one tag target in Essendon. And I also worry greatly about when we're going to see that breakthrough into the upper echelon in the midfields. So at the moment, I will say real, but it does smell a bit trapped to me. Yeah, you'd almost kind of prefer to see one or two of those tag games early, bottom out his price even more, and then the risk is even less. Well, I think Um, with his low ownership, I I haven't seen the ownership numbers, but I would assume they're reasonably low because there's a lot of value around the place. Yes, um, I would be going, you know what, you could probably sit on him for a couple of weeks and if he does hit the ground running, then you can jump on board and won't hurt. Sure, no, fair enough. Um, Kane, talk to me about Rowan Marshall. Uh, again, in ultimate footy, he's a ruck forward. Everywhere else, he's just a ruck. Uh, is he a real option or a trap option for us this year? I think he's very real, MJ. And I think the yeah. Bruce news has only made him even more real. In my eyes, again, with the information that I've heard, it seems like Ryder won't be in great shape to play round one. Now, again, a lot can change in a week, sure. especially with the injury like an Achilles. You know, what do we think about Callum Mills? We didn't think we'd see him. And then he looked all of a amazing. he's out there looking a million bucks. So yeah, very, very fluid, especially with injuries like that. But even beyond Ryder being in the team or not, this is a guy that is fit. Yeah, the penny's dropped, hasn't it? Well, the penny's dropped, and he also sounds like he's got a bit of, you know, he's worked through a few things that young players just have to work through, especially the big guys. Mm. He's had to face a bit of adversity in the team. You know, he's had to battle some injuries, and especially one like a plantar fasciitis that he's so hard to get on top of. Like, Mm. that can just come and go. And we saw in games last year, he'd be out there looking great. And then he'd just have to sit on the bench. Yeah. And you'd be like, Oh, it's just, you know, it's, it's aggravated. So he's the type of guy that I think at 89, he's talented enough to go 100 with Ryder in the team. Yes, I now, agree with that. Now we know without Ryder, he can go 110. Yeah. So can you get creative and, and start him in a format? Maybe it's an AF move. Mm. Maybe you start him. Now, the, the one thing that does make it tricky to pull this type of thing off is you don't love the first-round matchup. You don't love mm-hmm. that they start with Collingwood on a Friday night. But still, he's such a talented player that if you knew you could get a few weeks... And again, what, what other trades do you normally do after round one, MJ? Fix if, up. If That's worst, all you're if doing. You're, if, if your worst thing is you chase Rowan Marsh, just say Ryder misses round one. Yep. And even sure. if it is against Grundy, we know, we know there's been games where you know Grundy and Gorn have gone against each other and they've both done well and there's things like yeah. that does happen. And especially with someone like Marshall, who's so athletic, is that an option? Is that an option you explore if you know that Ryder's out for round one? Do you just chase that move, take his score and then give it to a Bruce if he's named in round two? I think Marshall is really real. I, I think he's the type of player across both formats that will be right up there with the top two rucks, if not in that conversation. And I think he's getting to the point with his game, his versatility, and the way the Saints' side is structured. You yeah. think about their forward line. 
Max King is building beautifully. Mm-hmm. Tim Memory is so underrated in that third role. Such a good third Ride Ryder and Marshall are really, really competent up forward. Really yep. competent. So if, if it's a capacity of just getting Ryder to the game and not playing as much, like I'm not so much worried about Ryder. I'm just knowing that Marshall is fit. He's yes. very, very fit and he's very healthy and he's a hell of an athlete. So I think he's super real. And I think in a week's time, we might be able to even get creative with how we use him, particularly in a format like AFL Fantasy. And yeah, that's a good chat. Go. One thing as well, jump in. Hmm. Collingwood's back line. They've taken a bit of a hit. Maybe yeah. they're short, aren't they? They've got no height, do they? Yeah. I don't see this as a bad thing if Ryder does play in this game for Marshall because there is potential he's going to get two or three goals, you know, for the game. So mm. I don't see it as an absolute negative either. Yeah. I think it's a really, really good shout um, for both your lads. Um, and his value too, which is even better well, that's for it, us. When you've got Again, when you've got this value baked in, it just it takes so much of the risk Out. away. Not only, not only are you getting you know, more points than they're priced at, but obviously on the flip side too, we might need 70K to take a basement price rookie to someone playing. So there's all Correct. these things that, that might just be really, really important and, and just might be enough. You know, yep. is 10 points upside enough? You know, that's the thing that's going to be so fascinating with people, how they make those judgments because that's where there is a lot of contradiction at times is, yeah, I can have 10 points value with this guy, but oh, he, only, he only can just break even on this guy. I always find that manoeuvring fascinating in people's teams and how their logic breaks down. And when you've got a guy like Marshall that is – Genuine 110 and 120 potential in yeah. both formats. So I'm going to take long for him to go bang, bang, bang and put a lot of pressure on other coaches. No, it's a really good shout. And Reds, I'm, no, yeah, go. Oh, no, forget the next four or five names. Let's just put a line through them. Let's talk about Marshall for an extra minute or two. Okay, okay. let's do that. Every other discussion that I've heard in this preseason around the value representation of the midfield or whatever mm-hmm. else, okay, how I don't want to pay top dollar for Tuke Miller, but I want to take the value money off, uh, let's say, Josh Kelly for argument's sure. sake, okay, because of the value. What happened when Bruce went down was all I heard was Max Gorn. Yeah, now, straight to the top. For every other reason, there was concern after concern whether he was going to do this and do that. But there's been absolutely no conversation around Rowan Marshall, who I think is representing quite a bit of value. And especially something like a Dream Team, okay, that's 160,000 difference, mate, between Gorn and Marshall. And you're not going into round one into the season blind if you go Marshall. No, that that's right. You know what you're looking at, what you're dealing with, how it's there. For those that are even vaguely curious about what Kane already alluded to before about how he actually goes statistically in games, not just anecdotally, but statistically in games, just from last year, again, there's some injury variants in there. He averaged a 103.7 without Ryder last year in Dream Team and Fantasy and a 109.3 in Supercoach. Just putting it out there. That so. wasn't, yeah, again, that's the thing, MJ, with that. That's why numbers are tough in that sense because you're not even talking about a fit and healthy Rowan Marshall. That's the thing. No, I was it's just getting through. We give some players that, you know, oh, he's young, he'll improve. And other players, some people say, 
well, that's just what he is. He can't improve. Like, we know everyone can improve and everyone can depreciate. That's why it's such a fun game, is that you have to make this judgment on everyone. You have to make a call. And sometimes you have to actually make a call on something that hasn't happened before. That's yeah. what a breakout is. You haven't seen it. You're, you're, you're thinking it will happen. And that's why when people narrow their focus, yeah, good call. when people narrow their focus, that's what does my head in. You've got to look at everything. And that's why it's such a fun game because it changes constantly. One piece of news, like Rids mentioned with Heaney, the injury was to Papley. Mm. And now all of a sudden we're reconsidering, well, is, would Horse have to change that formula? Sure. Would they use Golden closer to goal? Would they bring Haywood closer to goal? Can Warner... That's why it's such a fun game is that one thing that might not even be a fantasy relevant player in the sense of their scoring Cascade is, ext- is ext- extremely fantasy relevant. And that's the mm. thing I think people would understand is it's elite sport. If you are off or not healthy, your performance will plummet. Straight it away. will absolutely plummet. If, if I have to go through the Rao Dunkley <laughs> Shield averages again of what they averaged after their long layoffs, and it was about 50 points less yep. than what they did when they were healthy, that's no surprise. That's why mm. you train over the preseason. So it's a new year. Players improve. Current players, established players, get different roles. They age. It's constantly changing. So just to close your mind off and say, this happened last year. It will happen again. Yeah, but it you better be able to back it up, and you better not be shocked when it doesn't happen again. Because, yeah, we didn't have Took Miller as a number one mid. No. And hey, in in hindsight, maybe there were signs. I didn't see many people yelling at the signs after round one last year against West Coast. Nope. But credit to Took Miller. Yeah. He improved. He changed his game. Yes, pieces mm-hmm. fell around him that helped him. But sure. this stuff. Will happen. Happens so all the just time. Close your mind off and think it's this person and this person. I'm not looking at any other combinations, which is another thing that I think is important in this game. There's infinite combinations, really, of how you can structure your team. And and it's never just one decision. Mm. It's always three, four, five, and honestly, probably 30, isn't it? Really, at the end of the day. At the end of the day, it, it is. You bring up this interesting point, and it kind of brings to the next player, Red. So, Keen on your take here. Matt Crouch, people were watching anyway. Um, but with Laird going down, does that change in your eyes his relevance? Because we know he's such a good scorer, regardless of the amount of time he's on the ground. Does that make him even more real or even well, more ha- of a trap? No, it's real. It's real yeah. all day. Okay. So, and it's not that the fact that Led went down. It just means that Adelaide doesn't have that option to slow track Crouch into the season to give let him find his feet. Mm. They actually want to hit the Adelaide have been in the cellar for quite a few years now. They want to hit the ground running. They've, yep. they've built a lot of publicity around, oh, Crouch is back. He's going to shore up our midfield, you know. They've even built up Riley O'Brien that I was talking about before, that Crouch is going to help Riley O'Brien in That's the right. midfield by having the you know leadership and everything else. I don't see how this is a bad thing at all. Um, now, I know we've had question marks around Crouch with fitness and everything else in the t- last period of time, but sure. did, you saw the game. I, he passed that eye test 
like no other. He's moving as good as he was in 17, 18, and 19. Yeah, but he just, he's a big body mid anyway at the best of times. He's not the most outside runner. He was moving as well as I can remember seeing him move. Mm -hmm. Like, so I just think it's absolutely real, Matt Crouch. And he's around that value point, okay? He's probably the really only big name player around that, maybe a Crips that has history of doing it before at such That's high right. volumes and now high output. Now, I've also heard that 70% and so on and so forth game time. But Crouch does that anyway. He That's plays. a normal game. That's just what he does week in, week out. Because so I mean, if he's doing his, his highest time on ground in his whole career is seventy-seven percent. And what's That's his, his highest? Yes, yeah, so, I mean, if he's going seventy in a practice game, well, why would I be doubting that he could Correct. couldn't raise five percent to get to his highest time on ground? And this guy's yeah. got history of average and. I, I just think it's a no-brainer, this guy, now, after what I saw on the weekend and coupled with the lead injury. So yeah. there is no plan B now about easing him in. They can't He's be. Just, no, well, they can't be. So they can't be. I, well, Reed, just, just to elaborate on that further, he, he went 75% time on ground, yet averaged 106 points in 2019. In D2. That's crazy. Yeah. So in, the, in his four big years, his, his four years from 17 to 20, he went 107. 105, 106, and then 88 without the adjustment. So let's just say it's the 110. Sure. His time on grounds were 77, 75, 75, 77. Simple. Like that, that is what he is. He's a yep. high points per minute. When he's out there, you'll see him near the ball. When he's not out there, so when he's not around the ball, he's probably on he's the bench. He's on the bench, 100%. That is, he is that, you know, to use a running analogy, He's more of a middle distance guy. Mm. When he's going, he's going hard, but he's not going to be out on the ground, you know, Ed Langdon style playing 98% running. Right? Like he's very industrious. Like that mm. is what he is. You can't knock him for time on ground. What does he do? Well, he's one of the greatest ball winners we've seen in the modern era. That, mm. that is what he does. That is exactly what he does. Yeah, but don't forget, Payne, that he also picked up his tackling the last time we saw it. Yeah, in 2020. Well, that, well, that, well that's, the, that's the thing that's so fascinating about him, Ritz, is that you know, MJ and I have harped on about, you know, I love guys that can get to 10, 10 combined, you know, especially marks and tackles. Crouch was getting these elite averages with just disposals. Off disposals. Yeah, like, like you mentioned, we saw a different guy when he was dropped from the team. And when he came back, especially in that back end of the season, he, was, he put up 12 and 14 tackles in reduced games. He's playing yeah, 75% correct. of an already reduced game. Like, think about that. And that's really breaking the tackle record if he yep. kept that pace up. Like, yep. that was unheard of for him. So, yep. you're right, you're right, Ritz. If And let's actually, this is always a fun exercise too. You think back, what was the buzz going into 2021? Matt People before, but before the season started and we knew he was out, People were saying, is this the number one mid? Is this mm-hmm. the number one mid in the game? Because we saw a different guy. So the fact that he's moving around, it's just it's just something you've really got to consider, especially when you've said this is a guy that for four straight years is an elite premium. And he's got another year of in the 90s. Makes you um, think. 
I'm curious, Rids, on, on your take on, and again, whether your perspective's changed a little bit. You've, you've said a few weeks ago, and maybe, again, it's covering back to the lead piece around, look, he, he could be that guy that after three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, that the, the club play a conservative approach with him and just give a kid like a Haitley or a Peddler or whoever, pop them a few extra midfield minutes or a Sam Berry. The, the name's irrelevant. The point is, yeah. does the lead injury where he will miss the first four to five rounds minimum make you go that concern is blown out of the water because well, of it well you can't just play kids in the midfield you need to no. have that senior big body oh, around surely surely teams have learned that lesson and we did we have to watch Melbourne carlton again do that yeah and carlton like it's not you know what good for development mj winning, winning. games that's, yeah. the, that's the best thing you know what affirms that a game plan's good winning it actually resulting in wins i think people have got to move past that and maybe realize that things actually turn a bit quicker than you think i I hate the well he's not in the next premiership side like that that might be the dumbest does that mean that (laughs) you know melbourne for 57 years there was no one that didn't play some sort of noteworthy like it just doesn't make any sense like yeah older guys play a very important role in developing kids like kids but, don't just come in for the most part and just know how to perform at afl level they need so to be MJ, shown. yeah i'm gonna ask you you're the crows supporter who do you want harry schoenberg learning from in your team you've i've got two names at the top of my tongue and it's rory laird and matt crouch okay i want yep. them to be learning off these two i want sam berry peddler to be learning off these two because they know how to do midfield craft, yeah? Mm-hmm. Sloan's are... the other one. I don't, And as valuable as Ben Keyes is as a goer, he's not the one I want to be modelling anything outside of work rate and effort. Sloan yeah. is. These are the guys you want to learn off and then give them incremental opportunities and bust your way in, not just be gifted games, as you've both so well put. But anyways, I know we've got a big name coming up at some stage to discuss. That's the guy that we've hyped up and we killed him um, in Braden <laughs> Proof. But can we throw the rest of the names out? I just want one more name. Can I take over this segment? Yeah, now? take one more name. Kane, I'd love to know your thoughts on Matt Rao. He's a pretty good is player, he a isn't he? Or is no. he... Real. <laughs> well, it's all about expectation, isn't it? At the end of the day, like if you think this is a guy that's going to go one ten and one twenty five, like we know that he did in his first four full games of football, mm. I think you're going to be, you know, a bit disappointed. If you think he's a stepping stone, I think you'll be quite happy. I think you've got to understand with Rao how he plays football. He's a guy that wins a lot of contested footy, a lot of contested footy. Mm-hmm. He tackles hard and he can go forward. He's not a mark guy yet. He's not going to get that easy pill. And that does make it hard, you know, to be a consistent hundred guy. So I think if you want a stepping stone, uh, I think he's going to more than do the job. He's just such a good player. He's got the ability to go big because you know, he does tackle and he does can get a lot of the footy. But I'd just be very curious on what people, you know, want out of it. Because as I said, I, I see him as a stepping stone, seven, eight, nine weeks, you know, play that sort of role, 
try to move him on. I don't see him being a guy that you hold for a long, long time. I just think this is a guy that, at the end of the day, to play at a high, high level, he hasn't shown that he can do it for extended periods of time. We've, we've seen the great burst. We know it was a unique mm-hmm. game. But I think he's going to come out well. And I think if you can time your jump off, that will be the best sort of time to do so. Because I do, I do think across 22, I don't see the output at the start of the season matching the output at the end. Yep. Good shot. Anything from you on Rids around that? Or are you happy with it? No, nothing around it. Let's just, um, let's back in the kids, eh? Like, I'm so tired of hearing people bash the kids. And when a kid's good, let's back them in. Well, well, that's what we said when we did the podcast, didn't we? We said his numbers last year are just irrelevant. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's coming back off long-term injury. I think the hard thing, and it wasn't wasn't Rouse's fault. It wasn't really anyone's fault. It was just that. He was so good, and he got those three Brownlow votes in his you know, second, third, and fourth game, and that was electric. That was one of the highlights Amazing. of the season, seeing what he was doing. And obviously, surprise, surprise, the Suns won those three games as well. Mm-hmm. So that was really exciting. I think we all want the Suns you know, to make finals, be a competitive team, stop the churn of all the players leaving the club, and, and he was so exciting. But people bashing him because he struggled after returning from – a three-month injury. Like, of course he did. Like, mm-hmm. he's a second-year player returning from injury in a poor team. Like, what What do you want him to do? He wasn't fit. Like, he spent the whole summer. He looks great. He makes us happy, doesn't he? He loves football. Yeah. I, think, I don't think anyone loves football more than Raul. And no. I just hope we get to enjoy him. He's almost one of those guys that you, you don't want to pick because you want to just be able to watch him. You don't want to have any negative if he goes, oh, Raul got us a 60 like you just want to watch him and enjoy. So I'm sort of glad that everyone's going to have him. But we, mm-hmm. if, he, if he goes great, we're all happy. If he struggles, let's not change it our ranks. Like, let's just cheer for the guy. Like, he's just yeah. so fun. He just, he just plays it in a pure sense that we just love. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a phenomenal human being. We'll, we'll scrap. There's a couple of other names we'll get to, but they're the big ticket items that we want to get to um, through there. Um, We'll do. I want to chat about our Patreon questions. We're going to bring them on for you on another podcast. This is an absolute bumper long one that we've given you. We'll make sure we do a Patreon only podcast Q and A before round one gets underway. But there's one big thing I've got to ask you boys before we wrap up this episode. It will need a little bit of time on it. We've teased it a fair bit throughout the episode. What to do at R two? We've been big on chasing value in this line rids maybe i'll hand it over to you what are you implying with that what to do with r2 because some what people am I would say implying? some, some yeah. people would say that that's grundy sure because goals would... are one what would what you, so you're implying that people are starting grundy and not gone well i i i think potentially um it's interesting I, I, I think if anyone's, I think Grundy and a value or Grundy and something is a much more popular premium structure or a rough structure rather than Dawn and Is that maybe the way we phrase it then to keep everyone happy? Maybe that's the better way to do it. Grundy and question mark. Because I know people come for us if we say Grundy's at R1 because they've got Dawn. 
and that's fine too. So that's fair enough. Okay? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm happy I'm to just do minding, it. I'm just minding you off, MJ. No, it I think does it's make good. Me laugh because you know, especially in AFL fantasy, when I mean, you can actually change the position there on your field, like you could it actually be that funny and say, so, "Yeah, I've got um." Yeah, I could put Josh Ward at at M1. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it, it it does crack me up, but your point is super right and super interesting. It's it's the ruck line, and it, it always is every year, isn't it? it mm-hmm. Because what happens, and this is what's so funny about we always seem to congregate about this line. Like it's two spots on field Seriously. and it's always the same argument I hear. Well, a lot of time year. I hear it's, I, I did this. I, I had a good rank. I, went, I was successful with a structure. I, I went uh, one premium, one stepping stone or one stepping stone. Yeah. Stepping stone is a good word. And I was successful. And then people go, well, you can't be successful. I was successful with set and forget. But I was successful with value. And you yeah. think, exactly. That's the whole point. You can be successful game. with anything. It's a trading game. So, oh, Rids, I, I just want to unleash you, to be honest, and just right. listen so, for so a Rids, little bit. So, talk Rids, talk us through this. Because, again, some have gone, oh, Bruce, now out with suspension. He was looking good enough to be R2. Oh, I'm off that train now. And now I'm going up to Gorn or going up to get Grundy. Talk, talk me through the different formats and the structures here. I just want to mention this, okay, to anyone listening. That's a very, very fine approach if you're going to do it that way, okay? There's nothing wrong with that. If you're potentially taking the best two rucks in the cob that have been the best two rucks for multiple years, I don't see a bad downside of that. But what I do worry about is that people just automatically go, oh, no, problem, problem. I better go and have that as my default. Spend up, yeah. What I don't see is any balanced discussion on this. Mm. Now, the reason why you – let's forget the name Bruce, okay, for a start. The idea of this is we're taking a value ruck too. Now – whether it's Bruce, whether it's Hickey, whether it's whoever, who cares? That's the name is irrelevant. So the real thing is, have you explored your options? Now, Good. are you going to go down and are you going to do a total restructure where you are going to go to Gorn? That's 100% a valid response to this. But sure. have you explored your value ruck options? What are the other value ruck options out there? Now, are you what formats are you playing? Have you explored DPP cover? Have you Tim English was just as good as Gorn in the Amy Cup last yeah, week? That's true. Did we explore English potentially having a breakout season? He's pretty due. Um, and swinging him, we got plenty of options here. Mm-hmm. Have we even explored? God forbid, MJ, have we explored the fact of keeping Cruz? Back in and seeing whether he does get called up for round two, our eyes didn't fail us, did they? He was no. absolutely brilliant in that practice game. Yes, there was. is no reason that I'm aware of that would be going, oh, alarm bell, alarm bell, he's not going to be best 22. <laughs> like best 22 come round two because he had a one-week suspension. We're talking about his debut to a club, a guy who struggled to get a game in his first season, yeah? Mm. So there is every every way to do this is absolutely valid. 
I just think that we need to have a balanced discussion around this because we can't just go, oh, no, it's a trap. I'm so angry because this was going to fool everyone. And I don't want people doing, oh, I'm just going to hold him anyway to prove a point. I want people no, that's to silly. have all the opportunities. But the number one thing we try to do is have a balanced discussion so the listener can make up their own mind, yeah? Correct. Now, think, uh, no, go. Sorry. Well, I was going to just say, if you think about the formats now, MJ, you think about the pricing. AF is uh, you, you have two trades a week, lose them, use them or lose them approach which is totally different to an SC where he's very much around that 200,000 mark. And there are valid options around that 200,000 mark in that caper. There's no, and I don't think the DPP rookies are actually going to play ruck and get the hitouts required or enough time in the ruck and win enough hitouts to actually impact in super coach. Now, dream team, however, it's a very intriguing one. Jack yeah. Hayes looked good. Hugh Dixon looked good. I think they're good for a 40 or 50 in that week. But I worry because, and again, I want to have an open discussion. Now, I've been, and I've, I even tweeted, I think, to one of the um, tweets you sent out during the week where you said, adjust. I actually went, actually, you don't need to if you don't want to. You can hold Bruce, you know. You can just trust the rookie. Like, this isn't going to be the, be all and end all that a $250,000 player doesn't get to play that week because we we should only be expecting, you know, 60-point output anyway from that sort of range. So, I mean, if you're already getting a 40, that's a large chunk. I just want to make sure that people are exploring their options here. Now, the one last thing I want to add to this account and this is where the strategy, and I, I'll do you a favour, MJ, because I know me and Kane have probably kept you up way past your bedtime. I will do you a favour. I will come back and talk strategy for an extra podcast before the season starts next week. Okay? Right. There we go. Now, there we go. I'm going to throw a bit of strategy out there. Yes, please. And this is maybe where I'm heading, maybe not. Cruz at his point, uh, his price tag, not only is he a rookie option, but guess what, MJ? He's also a get-out-of-jail card with that DPPR3 for anyone that fails in your 100%. team on any position. 100%. I could, if I had a crush on Heath Chapman and I wanted to take a punt in the back line and I've got a Will Kelly or a DeConin in my forward line, there's no reason why I can't use the magic of DPP and go directly to Bruce. Now, one of the biggest negatives that I saw about starting Bruce was you can't trust him in a three-game stretch to play three games in a row. Well, guess what? If he's on the bubble and he's been named for game three, mm-hmm. you've taken off that risk, haven't you? We already know his scoring potential. We Correct. already know his value. You've taken that risk out. So... There are strategies around this. So you can actually go, well, I'm not going to, I'm going to go to an R2 option and blah, blah, blah. But Cruz at the end of the day is still one of our biggest cash cow generating options across all the formats. Yeah, I think that's good. Another option, Rids, and again, you know, I'm keen on your take on that and some other stuff is if you rock a haze on that Friday night and you're a McRae owner, 
or a Cripsona or any, or even a Jaden Short, you whack the VC on, you've got this instant loophole guy that you can roll through as well. So there's other avenues to get you there too. I was just going to, I saw a comment earlier, not on our Facebook or anything like that. I just saw a comment. I was looking through people were saying, Oh no, we just go to Gorn. And then when someone mentioned that, DPP option of English, they said, oh, no, he's going to be locked out for round one and da-da-da-da-da. Well, isn't Gorn playing in the same game? Yeah. So why is that even relevant? Like, yeah, use the same line of argument. Exactly. If, I just want to call this out. And again, people have to be aware because there's a lot of casuals, a lot of serious people that want to listen in. Just pay attention to the fact that Thursday night teams come out for round one if that could actually break or make your season on that, you know, that team announcement. You're locking out a lot of cash in that first game of the season. And Gorn's very much in the discussion to be started, yeah. Of course. But you're locking out a lot of lot of points and a lot of dollars. If you're going Gorn, Dunkley, McRae, Sayatra Law, let's say Oliver. Yes. That's a lot of coin, mate. You don't have much versatility and much flexibility about your team after mm-hmm. the round teams, the teams that are announced. Correct. So that's the big, big, big negative about yeah, going. You will only know Carlton, Richmond, Bulldogs, and Melbourne by the time that first game starts. The other 14 teams, best guess. There, there will be some debutante news that rolls through, that clubs want to get their moment in the sun with their kid. But the premiums and some other kind of fringe guys, you won't have 100% certainty on until that Thursday night or Friday night final confirmation. Correct. So I just want to just throw all the options on the table and it's up to the listener to decide what, you know, what makes them comfortable, how they want to manage their team, who makes it. If it's an Ivan Soldo, because you know he's been named and mm-hmm. he's got a decent matchup with Carlton, and why not? You know what I mean? Yeah. This is a game after all, yeah. There's no right or wrong. Only no. hindsight will dictate that. Correct. It absolutely does do that for us um, without any doubt. And again, I think you're right around that sense of look at all the options. And it's not just about R2 against R2 against R2. It's what you do at R2 and what it either limits or enables in the other one, two, three spots. So it's not just Soldo, Proust, Gorn battling it out to use those names or English or Marshall. It's player X versus what you've had to either sacrifice or add on top in that back line, in that forward line. I'm just going to throw out the combination. I know I harp on about combinations all the time. But That's important to do. Kane's 100% on the money on this, okay? It's never one-to-one relationship. Never. So if I say to you, what you need to do is if you hold Bruce, and then what you do is you go Jack Hayes plus who the extra pre- premium is. It might Let's just say Took Miller for argument's sake. Let's okay? do that too. Perfect. Okay. Now, that's my combination for round one. Forget Prusism exists. Now, what I want to do, though, is I then want to go Gorn comes in from my ruck. So who is my rookie I'm introducing? Is it a Gibkus? Is it a Ward? That's the combination. What are we talking points-wise? At any point in time, 
We just don't know, do we? Well, and, and captaincy as well. One last thing. Okay, MJ, again, one last thing. You get to see Gorn score. So you can mm-hmm. actually trade after the first game to get to what you want anyway. If Gorn may right. come out and score 80, what's the use of locking that in? And you might go, you know what, Jack Hayes might be a very valid option, you know, to get half of that output anyway at what percentage of price? Yeah, like 15%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot to this. Now, you might go, well, if Gorn has 120 or better, I'm just going to go with the premium ruck just so it's a like-for-like matchup and I can maintain my structure and trade my way in the other positions to a completed team. So there's many, many ways to skin a cat in this game, as I've said many, many times before. There's no right or wrong. No, it's a trading game. There's wrong when you don't trust your instinct and you don't back your gut and you go against what you think you should go. Yeah, that's some good advice. Born is 120 all season. Great. He should have been your R1 since day one. Correct. Anyways, that's it, mate. No, some some good advice from you, lads. Hey, um, there's some Patreon questions we've got to get to. There's some more strategy stuff we want to answer. And there's a heap of cash cow stuff we've got to talk about before we get to the start of round one. The good news is over the next handful of days, our Patreons are going to be getting a special podcast and article dissecting all of the relevant cash cows. Uh, You can find out all the details to sign up for that at coachespanel.tv. And while we're there, thanking some patreons some brand new ones just in the past couple of days sean mccauley ezzy and jp fam three thank you so much for becoming patrons just over the past couple of days that premium tier level if you have loved what you've got from us this preseason it's one of those great ways you can help support us do what we do not just in the preseason but year round content comes for our patrons hey rids a pleasure mate thank you for your work today no worries and guess what mate it's okay what? to change your mind and to adjust to move to a different strategy. It's fine. 100%. 100%. That's what the preseason's all for. And Kane, we lost you for a few minutes there. But, mate, right throughout this oh, episode and through the preseason, you've been a beast. I was there. I was there. I was just sitting back going, you know, Ridge we don't have to pay for this. I love it. We don't have to, yeah, we don't have to pay for this content, thankfully. But we can just, you know, support if you can, obviously. But no, he's right. It's just, it's about a conversation. Like, yeah. I think it's boring content personally. If we came in there and said, this is my team, I think you might find it interesting for a minute. Yeah, I read out minute. my team, uh, gave you a bit of background. Mm. But I think when you really enjoy this game, it's when you start dialogue. thinking and dialogue and back and forth and, and being challenged. Yeah. And I think sometimes people might understand that that is what these podcasts are about. There might be things that, we say that we don't necessarily agree with personally. It might not be our view, but you still have to approach the other side and give it Correct. some merit and let people make their mind up. So, no, I was just enjoying, to be honest, MJ. So, thank you. Thank you, Rids. Very much look forward to the next one. Yep. It's going to be a blinder one week uh, till the footy gets underway. And we can't wait to spend every single day chatting fantasy footy with you right up until the start of round one. <laughs>